0: Welcome back to Geek Life, the indie comics podcast on Pandamanga.com. I'm your host, JP. As always with me are my fearless co-hosts, Marcus. Waka Waka. And Joe. Oh, yeah. So today, today, what are you taking a picture of me right now? You're taking a picture of you right now.
1: No, well, my wife sent a picture of herself saying this is my horrible writer's face. I'm going to tell her a picture. This is my horrible recording face.
0: <laughs> you guys are so cute. Oh. So this week, we're going to talk about B-Squad. B-Squad is a exciting new comic from Eben Bergoon, illustrated by Lauren Menardo. Now, this actually is something that we heard about some time ago when it came up as a Kickstarter. The first Kickstarter didn't end up working out, but the second one did. Wildly mm-hmm. so. Wildly successful. Eben is a marketing madman. The dude has it figured out. Yeah, he's got the internet in the palm of his
1: hands. Um, it's no, he amazing. He all keeps all this- it in his beard.
0: He does his magnificent
2: man Keeps beard. all of the, the internet in his beard. All of it. That's where it comes from now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Evan's yeah, e- a really good guy. You may recognize Evan's name from Eben07.com, which is this hilarious comic about a janitor who works for a secret organization. Who cleans up after the secret agent. Yeah, basically, what happens after the secret agent comes through, destroys everything, and leaves a big mess? Well, along comes Evan. <laughs> <laughs> Not this Evan, the other. Anyway, so Evan 7 is a really good series, and so we're big fans of it. We actually did, I want to say, three or four podcasts in a row going through all the different Evan 7 comic books that were available at the time. Just came away big fans of Evan and his work and, and his work with D. Bethel, and Just really good stuff. So when we heard that Evan was going to be doing a B-Squad, we put a little article up on the website for it, got an interview with him, tried to support him through that. And it's exciting. It came out. It's here. It's in our hands. And we got to read it. So as we always do, let's start first with the story. So, B-Squad
1: is uh, a playoff of the TV show, the A-Team. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a group of people with various talents who get together to go on missions. Who are uh, kind on of like, super
0: different from each other. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, the mechanism that he's using for this comic book, to me, is uh, one of the reasons why I'm so interested in, in B-Squad, is that... And he'll explain this on the website, or if you ever talk to him? At any Actually, of, it has it right here in the two.
0: beginning, right? So, it oh. says, every issue... There you go. This little totem decides which squad he dies. B-Squad, Soldiers of Misfortune, is about a group of six misfit mercenaries tasked with a ridiculous and dangerous mission that other outfits would never take on. Each issue, one of the six characters will be killed off from the series, decided by fate via the spin of an antique Mariner's gambling token made of whalebone, dubbed the Pequod. New characters replace the old, but will B-Squad stay the same? B-Squad, Soldiers of Misfortune! So it's a really interesting idea. The idea that every single issue, a character is going to die. That you have an entire issue, or maybe several issues in, several issues to get used to and begin to enjoy a character. And then, well, bam, they're dead. It's almost like a video game that has a really high risk to reward sort of thing. you know, Where basically the mechanic is you've got insurmountable odds going on, and at any moment anybody could die. And it just raises the tension and excitement. And it's kind of like that with this, Mm. where you know going in someone's going to die. You don't know who it's going to be and unless you're a jerk and you skip ahead you're spending the entire comic wondering who's going to get taken out and i got to say who gets taken out in this one absolutely didn't see it coming you didn't you know you told totally didn't see it coming the way that they killed the the character who we won't we won't spoil here but the way they killed the character is not something that you can see coming you cannot predict it you can't you know there's there's no hints it makes sense that he had to randomly choose them mm-hmm. the way that it ended up going down but it's very cool. Like, I think that it's a very interesting idea and definitely a very new idea. I have never thought of or heard of a comic book doing something like that where there's a random chance. I mean, comic books will do like if, you know, people vote this or vote that or they'll do kind of crowdsource storytelling. But this is totally different where it's quite literally random.
1: I thought I was going to be somebody else. I,
0: I was I, I was like, oh, I'm sure it's going to be this person. Like I was wishing it was a particular person. <laughs> Which I will explain momentarily. So anyway, so like we said, we'll start with the story. So the story of B-Squad, right? That little paragraph mm-hmm. that we read there does a pretty good job of explaining it. Kind of like the A-Team. Yeah, basically. yeah so this time, they're basically going out to save, save the, the Mogwi. The it's not Mogwai, because there's no A, right? Is that how you spell Mogwai, or is it Mog... I'm not sure. Pretty obvious character reference to the 80s film, The Gremlins. Yes, where you have the Mogwai, but in this I believe it's spelled a little different. Mogwi. Hmm. And basically, they figured out out in the, you know, the forests of Cambodia, was it? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah in Cambodia. Yes, the forest of Cambodia, the natural habitat of the Mogwi, where basically those little cute dudes, they found a way to use their fur to cure children cancer. Cause I oh, yeah. that's different than adult cancer. B Squad gets called out there because they've been having problems with poachers. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, B Squad comes out and starts handling some stuff. And pretty quickly, they find out that there's some poachers off in the distance, and so they immediately go out there and spend the night under the stars searching for these guys, and they find out that it's a bunch of...
2: Hipsters. 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 Or as the French guy would say, hipsters. The hipsters. No, the hipsters. The hipsters. hipsters. And just
1: looking at the way that they're dressed, I mean, this is going to be about the art, we'll talk about more later, but just looking at the way that they're dressed... I felt like a square when I was reading these pages. I was like, oh, <laughs> man, I'm so uncool.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't got a curly mustache. I like, I like how the hipsters was are, the 66%. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Like, there seemed to be a fair amount of, of sort of social and political commentary in here mm-hmm. that was, you know, relatively well hidden, not heavy-handed or in your face. It was just sort of, yeah. you know, hint, hint, wink, wink. I think the hipsters, not really having any idea what's actually going on. Yeah, they're it reminds me a lot of those and... sort of occupy. Basically, it was seemed mm-hmm. like Evan taking a, a, a poke at the whole occupy movement, where they're mad about things that are legitimately not cool, but don't really have an agenda and haven't figured out a way to do anything, and then it just fizzles. This mm-hmm. is sort of what happened there, it seems. Mm-hmm. I remember the poor occupy Napa movement.
2: <laughs> it was adorable. It was like three guys, and they tried really hard, and they had their big sign and they wanted to be like bugging the system no we're going to occupy the school the school said yeah that's okay just keep it over there so oh, all right but we're putting up a big sign there's no uh, profanity on it no yeah that's fine like, oh <laughs> 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 then they took it to downtown napa but they got a permit so it was fine and no one cared
0: <laughs> yeah uh, anyway so definitely taking a pot shot at that whole occupy movement and the hipsters and the you know the whole 99% thing but you never really come out knowing really who was the bad guy. Yeah, it's it, sort of it ambiguous in the ambiguous. end. I think
1: uh, it, I th- I just said I think no one's gonna call me on that shit. Come on, guys. You, get your head out of your ass. Hey,
2: I'm <laughs> listening. You think?
1: <laughs> okay, uh, I think uh, the comic and story, while it, I, I think it was well written, and um, I like the little you know mystery aspect of it. That there was, uh, you know, levels behind the obvious plot of those poachers. Sure. Honestly, for me, it was just a mechanism to show off the characters. Um yeah. Because he makes all of his characters so vastly different. Um,
0: and most of them don't seem to get along very well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Their which, conversations, which is
1: fun. they must just happen on their own. Like I, I read, you know, you make characters well enough as a writer... When you're trying to make dialogue for them, if if the characters are molded well enough that you know their personalities, you don't really have to do a whole lot of writing. The, you can just kind par- of sit back and let them talk. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The the characters make it up. And that's the way I feel like B-Squad must be when he's writing them. Not to discredit Evan because, you know, this, they're amazing characters and I love them all. Um, and I'm going to be sad when everyone every single one of them dies. Uh, I'm
0: kind of hoping that there's one character that just sort of remains the standout and lasts for a while. That would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be
2: kind of a hilarious oopsie if he keeps rolling the same number
0: and the uh, the new guy keeps dying every episode. That'd be funny. <laughs> that's See, that's so brilliant. because And also, obviously, a very confident way to write a story. Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, I don't need to have everything totally micromanaged and planned out. I'm capable of telling a story and basically having created a laundry list of characters that I can just throw a new one in when someone dies. And it still works, it still makes sense, it doesn't ruin the plot. You know, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it makes me question long-term stuff. You can't have a big reveal, dun-dun-dun, double agent, because anybody could be dead mm-hmm. anytime. and it's not inside his control. And so to me, it feels kind of like none of these characters are really going to be able to be anything more than just working hard to be... Not dead. Y- True. Y- you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess in one issue, somebody could flip. But I just don't feel yeah. like you'd have the, the ability to create this this like breadcrumb of story trails yeah. to this one person being something else or someone having what a twists kind of relationship yeah. thing going on like they on. did with Eben Right,
2: I mean, it was definitely. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't finished Evan Oh Seven. Right.
0: I'm, only, I'm only two issues in. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, But 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 there was something like that. Where it's kind of like what? Yeah. They, so like it was Freak of the Week for a couple issues, and then
2: they started to throw in. Uh, oh yeah, but this is here because of this, and then this is here because
0: of this. Yeah, I always enjoy reading a good a good well written story that as it unfolds and gets deeper and deeper, and you as the reader become more privy to information that in the beginning you n- could have never had. I always like to look back and go, wow, man, they planned that from the beginning. Like, that mm-hmm. is awesome. You see little hints and little bits and pieces that fit within the storyline for this big change or big reveal or, or or you know, just a turn that it takes later on. It's, and it's been planned from the beginning. And my only kind of like, wow, that's really a cool idea. But at the same time. How much does that tie your hands as a writer? I'm curious. And actually, it's one of the reasons why I want to read it is because I want to see how he does because I really have a lot of faith in Evan as a writer. I really enjoyed Evan 07 a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to see where he takes this idea because I do feel like it's almost like, you know, you play hopscotch and you throw down stuff and you you have to jump over certain ones. It's almost like him being like, I'm going to tie my left hand behind my back and still make a good story just for (laughs) shits and giggles, you know? I want to see if he's going to introduce an antagonist that
1: is spread throughout the series. Because what if the team keeps evolving into a different team and they still have to fight the same guy? And they he's still like,
0: have to have drama. There still has to be a nemesis. Yeah. There still has to be history.
1: Exactly. And I mean, like the the leader of the, of the team, the organizing, but doesn't go on the missions. He's not on the dice. Um, yeah. To be canceled out. I mean, no. that's not is to say that a Evan X guy. Yeah, that's not to say that Evan couldn't kill him whenever he wanted to. Sure, sure, sure. But because it would be the <laughs> master
0: of the universe of exactly. B Squad. I want to see
1: if Eben will introduce an antagonist to go throughout the series to keep going with this. Right now, I'm just enjoying the fact that his plots are self-contained within that one issue, and they're so freaking weird. Issue one... Extremely weird. I mean, he's saving inbred Mogui from Cambodia in issue two. He's rescuing Bill Murray, miniaturized Bill Murray from a Tapagami universe, and it's just
0: like... They're so off the wall. Tapegomic, by the way, if you're not familiar with that, which you probably aren't because it's sort of a local speciality of a very interesting and skilled artist, is essentially taking Scotch tape and making these unbelievably impressive artistic works with, like he does installations and stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. So I'm just enjoying that he's putting this in these
1: weird world universes using very, very different characters who all have extremely different quirks and personalities that you get to interact with how they perceive all the different situations that they're thrown into. And then you have the added bonus of, oh, yeah, one's going to die by the end of this issue. Yeah,
0: it does. It add, it raises the level of tension. It adds that sort of like, dun, 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 like, who's going to make it? And it also makes you sort of not want to get invested in the characters even though you totally end up getting invested yeah, in the Yeah, you end up picking up your favorite kind of like, anyway. I
1: shouldn't in issue one, who's your favorite? Mm, one legged bikini girl. I like the Google guy, because that's me. Yeah. If I ever get a problem, i am just like look it up on Google. You can find it right there. I like yeah, how probably, he uses... probably
0: the Google guy. I have to admit, I don't really connect with much of the characters. And to be completely honest, several of them have such an affected way of communicating that it's kind of obnoxious to read. Like, the French guy? The French guy. About, about three or four pages in, I just stopped reading his dialogue. He was <laughs>
1: he was my favorite. He was my second favorite character. Really?
0: I yeah, couldn't stand him. I have such a hard time when in writing, they they write in, like, the phonetic pronunciation of oh, a yeah. dialect or... Oh, man. I'm reading... I can't stand it. It's obnoxious. I'm reading the,
2: like, original Captain America comics, and, man, it's a lot of you was guys you got to stop doing this and it's, it's hard to like read
0: that. and it's just obnoxious can't yeah. you just say look he's French all right now instead mm. of Z can it be the please like I can't stand that it's really annoying and beyond that one of the other guys the surfer dude Brody is putting bro bra broham into everything and it's cute for like two pages but it's like please kill this guy <laughs> you know and <laughs> it's just like that I, the guy, and again, we're not going to tell you who died, but like I was really hoping that it was going to be the French guy. So the French guy <laughs> just got on my last no, nerve. My, no, my god, he was so him.
1: cool. I loved how like pointlessly aggressive he was.
0: You know, his character, you know, his character's emotions and motivations and and interactions were cool, but I couldn't begin to read him. Like I, I, like I said, after the fr- like probably halfway through. He started to read and I would read Z this and Z that. It's like, nope, done. I just would skip his bubbles and just read to the next thing. I couldn't do it. I would read a solo comic about that guy. (sighs) (laughs) Never.
1: (laughs) I would totally read that (laughs) solo comic for him. Um, I also enjoyed the colorblind um, Canadian private investigator <laughs> that guy's oh, yeah. funny, but I mean it's those kind of details it's like you just he's it looks like he 's just pulling out random character defects and mm-hmm. uh, abilities out of a hat and putting them together and to make one character and I, I know like that's them all. what he's
0: doing maybe yeah, he that's probably what he's
1: doing. rolling
2: that
1: uh, peak
0: wise
2: for that too
1: but i mean i just I really like the character design the character and how they all are so uh they're their own individuals you know you never have to worry about responding It's same really way. interesting
0: because each of the characters really do feel like unique people. They really do have their own feel to them. You can imagine them really occupying a space in the writer's mind and being a solid character, but at the same time, all of these guys are not long for this world, potentially. That was really an interesting idea. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and take a quick musical break. When we get back, we'll get into the art of B-Squad by Eben Burgoon and Lauren Monardo. You're listening to Geek Live. Stick with us.
1: Welcome back to Geek Life. We're talking about B-Squad by Evan Bergoon and Lauren... That's your name. It's, it's one word like Madonna. <laughs> uh, Lauren Monardo. Now, I'm curious about this situation because I know that Evan hired her and she's not local. And uh, I've never worked with someone on a comic book who's been far away, but Evan was clever enough that when he was doing fundraising for his book, he would have an art gallery with a uh, computer set up so that people could A submit to the Kickstarter funds to get it funded and then also they were live Skyping with uh, Lauren at the same time that's cool yeah I mean he's he's really really brilliant at at promoting his work and getting people to sort of be a part of it too you know that's why we all got to meet someone face-to-face not being Mm -hmm. Um, face-to-face the wonders of the
2: internet I know means she was probably able to do the same thing at her local conventions yeah probably So they doubled their market there. probably yeah
0: yeah her list of credits is actually really impressive
1: no, yeah, and I mean, like, for the goofy sense of humor and random stuff, her art style I feel like is perfect for this. Yeah. Before I jump into talking about that though, I just want to say that his logo for B Squad is so striking and bold on
0: a black business card with just that red B on it and the yeah. shape. Yeah. That's gonna stand out. No, when I, when I received the comics in the mail, it was a shiny like mail slip that he had sprayed painted the b squad stencil on nice and it's just really slick like just on every level there's so much polish going on here when i mean when he had the
1: event at the gallery he had an entire backdrop full of that logo nice. he had a small section that was uh away from everything that was the secret jungle hideout where he had like plants and mesh on the walls and you could sit back there and read the book or you could uh I'm, they might read the book but drink beer <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is what you do in the secret hideout. Exactly. So the artwork though. Just excellent. Yeah. It I mean, is it's excellent. We've it, already talked about
1: how different the characters are and the character designs are equally different. Yeah. I mean, they're they're all different. Mix, builds, all recognizable. You know, that, all that, that, easily that, recognizable. that age
0: old, like put them in a silhouette. Can you still recognize them? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The characters are so unique. It's great. I mean, the character design's amazing. And again, it's just all that care goes into making a character that might just be gone in one mm. issue. Exactly. It's really awesome. To see. And the characters are just great. They're so, and there's they're all from you know different walks of life and different ethnicities, different height, weight, all that. I mean, they're just so interesting. It's not like because you think, you know, a squad of people doing missions. It's sort of like you imagine sort of like, you know, G.I. Joe, like, oh, you know, everybody's sort of, you know, military issue dude. But all these guys are so colorful and unique and different.
1: Except for the guy that's actually from... The military, I mean, they're not dressed up in camo and wearing SWAT gear on these missions. They're dressed up as the characters. Very very much like the A-Team. It's
0: just this ragtag group of guys that gets it done. Did you notice that Eben's
1: in the comic himself?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. As one of the hipsters, As one of the hipsters, yeah. yeah. Doesn't he get brutally murdered? He gets blown up. (laughs) He does. First, let's just take a minute and be in awe of how great the palette was when it comes to everything being on fire at the end. I love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. Cuz doing something like that, that not only changes the color but also the the lighting, it's just awesome. Like it really was very effective. The whole comic all of a sudden becomes these rich oranges and reds and you know shadows. It's just mm-hmm. very handsome, which is different cuz the uh, the rest of the comic is very sort of brightly colored and and fun and and then it brings the tone deeper and darker very quickly.
1: This is something that we've sort of talked about in a couple of other podcasts. Where if you're do if you have solid line contour work, and if you know what you're doing with color, you don't have to do a ton of shading via crosshatching or halftone. Yep, you can get it right with just the colors. And the fire scenes specifically are shining examples of what's capable in terms of uh, shadows and color and highlights with just the colors. Yep. If you can color it correctly. You don't need to spend a lot of is time doing the hashtags. At Dirty way book. high
0: level of skill in this art. I mean, way more yeah. than you tend to see in independent comics. I mean, if you look, if you open up the back of the book, it shows a list of credits for the artist and it's kind of impressive in a big way. You know, some of the names is like really recognizable television shows and... tricks know. Yogurt, GoGurt, Honey Nut
1: Cheerios, Askew Adventures of Inspectored Ham and Eggs, and Buddy Cops. She's got credits under her belt. Big yeah, time. Big time.
0: This is one of those things where I'm reading through it and a lot of the time... If something is so great, it can be difficult to talk about because it's just like, it's amazing. Yeah. And why is it it amazing? Well, it's just so well made. Like all these different things, it's just good. And it's kind of like, that's. I'm feeling a little bit at loss for words when I'm looking through this and trying to describe how I feel about the art specifically. Mm. Because it's just so clean and so well put together.
1: I mean, if you really wanted to break it down, you could talk about how everything sure. individually works. The character yeah. designs are good. They're recognizable. You could do the silhouette for all the characters, yeah, sure. and all of them are recognizable. Um, I mean, one the of the big things that stands out is
0: it's really clean. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's re- clean. Yeah. Extremely
1: clean. Not a whole lot of uh, unnecessary lines in here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got solid backgrounds. There's good good little look. Easter eggs hidden in the background. It's very good too. consistency yeah. with the character designs. There's not there's not a bunch of negative space, which is like typical of... Yeah, indie comics there's a t- usually a ton of negative space that's either filled up I mean I- I'm guilty of it myself just because sure. I just want to keep going with the story um, but in this, like, there's background artwork in almost every panel, if not in the background every panel.
0: adds to it. It doesn't take away. It doesn't exactly. take away the focus. It doesn't, you know, make the characters blend in like is so often a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, it really just adds to it. Everything is really just very well put together. Uh,
1: Storytelling-wise, the director knew what she was doing. I mean, there there wasn't a panel in here where I couldn't connect to the previous panel. I, mm-hmm. I knew, you know, the connection between the first page and the last page. There was never a point where I was guessing they what happened. Yeah. Exactly. There was never a panel that
0: I didn't understand what was happening. And the action yeah. scenes had really nice motion to them. Yeah. Like, it felt very dynamic. And I was actually pleasantly surprised at how unjarring it was for there to be a surprisingly large amount of blood and gore and violence towards the end hmm. for a style that seems like it wouldn't really lend itself to that. You know? But
1: even, like, the, the the blood in it,
0: though, and the gore, like, it's simplified. The, it, it's not. It's not offensive. It's very clean. You know, just like the rest of the comic, it's very, very clean. It's very well done and fully realized. And, you know, even the lettering is really excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, it never once... Because, you know, when you're reading a comic, sometimes there's, you know, boom or thwack yeah. or snicked or something. And and a lot of the time, especially in independent comics, you comes across and it's kind of like, ah, that looks like it's taped on there. You know, it's just it doesn't fit. But... To be completely honest, I you know I didn't even bat an eye. I didn't even think about it, which is you know sadly the mark of really good lettering. Exactly, is that like when you don't flows, think about it. When it just flows. Know. It just rolls. It just you know when you see an explosion and you see the words that help emphasize what's happening there, you just read it and keep on jogging and don't really stop and go. Wow, that doesn't or does work. It just it just works yeah. so well that it's like it sneaks under the radar.
1: Exactly. I also like the facial expressions. Because, I mean, all the so characters expressive. are so different. Totally.
0: Yeah. It gives them space,
1: uh, facial expressions for all the different actions that they're going through and, inter- and emotions that they're feeling in this little adventure. Um, so, I mean, Lauren, good job. You're an amazing artist. And well, extraordinary. Yeah. Evan, good job. You chose an amazing artist. Yeah. yeah. You guys
0: find anything you didn't like? Artistically?
2: Sure.
0: Not, Not much. Yeah. Now we're going. <laughs> no, I mean, artistically, I was pretty happy with it. There's nothing really that stood out that I wish was different. There was only
2: one thing that bothered me. Hmm character design on the bikini one-legged girl. Oh yeah. You could not see like past her thighs for
0: almost the entire book. Yeah, you know, when you said she was one-legged, I didn't realize until I looked at it again.
2: Yeah, you can kind of see it on the uh on the front cover and kind of see it on one panel of her getting out of a car, but for the most part, that entire part of her character—that's like her big thing. She's missing a leg. You can't.
0: Yeah, can't that's too bad. It. I would say the thing that Oops. of this comic, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, if I was forced to choose some things I didn't like about it, I would, I would say that there were a handful of references to you know social or meme type humor that I found myself being like, there's no way that this would be funny if you didn't recognize that. Yeah. You know, there was a, there was just a, a lot of the jokes were in such shorthand that if you weren't familiar with the reference, it would just go right over your head and you'd be like, well, that was weird. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of them in there that was like that for me. Yeah, like if you'd never had an iPhone
2: and had well, somebody else. Has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And known someone else who has it and who's always
0: hogging the port or the charging. Oh, is that what that was about? Yeah. Oh, wow, because that entire scene, like, for example, that I was like, I don't understand what the deal is. Like, why did yeah. he? she had her iPad plugged in and he was running low on battery? So he flipped out. And <laughs> I don't know. That still falls sort of flat for me. Yeah, Some of the jokes, some of that's what I'm saying, though. Some of the jokes to me fell really flat on their face. Hmm. And a lot of them didn't. Most of them didn't. I did. But there was a handful of them that was like, what? Why is that? What? Why is that there? That's not funny. You know, and even after you explain it to me, it's kind of like, what? Well, <laughs> that's a strange choice, you know? I don't know, but again, that's these are sort of nitpicky kind of things. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's a really good comic. It's really well put together. It was enjoyable, but you know, some of the humor I found it a little difficult to connect with. You know, especially coming off of Eben O Seven, which I enjoyed so much and really liked from cover to cover. Yeah, you know, I felt like this was a bit of a step back. To be completely honest, writing wise. But then again, it's the only the first issue. You can't tell. You know, yeah, that's another exactly. kind of thing. When we see deeper into it and we see how it develops and all that, fine. But mm-hmm. it just
2: and like we we're saying earlier, Eben has that potential to have a overarching story that can go on and on and on sure
0: that could very well be part of you know the reason why it felt that way is that he has sort of tied his hands a little bit with using the pequod
2: i
1: didn't mind the reference jokes so much i mean i i'm sure there's the one in there somewhere that i didn't get because that's often the case but um (laughs) to me i took it as any comic that you write with uh references in there you're running the risk of somebody not understanding the reference
0: i've just i've always felt like references are just a cheap humor Hmm. that's a personal opinion and that's, that's all there is to say about that, really. I just, I've i always felt like references are cheap humor. You should be able to find a way to get a laugh or a chuckle out of something that's more universally connecting with people. You shouldn't have to have had somebody see some obscure internet video that happened to go viral for a week to be able to get a joke. And I'm not saying that that's the exact situation here, but I just mean that's the danger you run with referential humor. And referential humor, a lot of the time, just like we were talking about last week, some of the themes in comic we talked about and apocalypse, alienate some of your audience. Referential humor immediately alienates a chunk of your audience. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just feels kind of lazy because basically you've let something else that is well put together and funny that people have already a sort of soft spot for you're kind of drawing upon that emotional bank account to be able to make people connect with and enjoy your work. To me, it just feels lazy.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I didn't get that. It worked for me for the most part.
0: Again, these again these are sort of nitpicky things. By and large, it worked really well. But there seemed to be kind of a a, a little bit more referential type shorthand in joke kind of stuff that I just felt like that was that was unfortunate. Yeah, see for me,
1: because the characters in this are the trendy kids. Like, it, it, oh,
0: it, it, okay, that's true. It kind of that's what they do. Yes, that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's true. Derp. Never mind. <laughs> Redacted. And, you yeah, know, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's really fun. You should definitely go check this one out. And if you'd like to go check this out online, you can go do so at bsquadcomic.com. That's B, the letter B, squadcomic.com. Make sure to go check it out, see what they have there, purchase a copy for yourself. I would imagine you can find a copy of this also at Empire Comics over in Sacramento. And so if you're local there, you can go grab it there. But otherwise, again, go to bsquadcomic.com and check that out. Eben, thank you so much for sharing your excellent work with us. We continually enjoy seeing your seemingly meteoric rise through the comic book world it's pretty exciting to be in the presence of so thanks again for sharing all that with us man
2: his fame grows
0: with his beard (laughs) and what a beard it is should christopher walken take us out oh my god please
1: (laughs) thanks for listening to geek life we always love to hear from our listeners please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights, anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, please visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by Airplus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured in this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information... About AirPlus recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. This is Christopher Walken. We'll see you next time. The trains had come every hour.
2: It's like they knew we were recording. They're sitting and waiting for us in the darkness. In darkness. In the darkness. Or in the light, depending on which time of day it is. A mouse falls in to a bucket of
1: cream. Two mice.